Um, the internet is so marvelous. Um, I found, uh, because I hate libraries, I found select hymns and tunes annexed, designed chiefly for the use of the people called Methodist, London 1761, John Wesley's 1761 hymn book for, and I would just like to read to you a few pages here, no. Uh, so that you, I think you need a sense of who John Wesley was, what kind of man. Some years ago, a collection of tunes was published under the title Harmonia Sacra. I believe all unprejudiced persons who understand music allow that it exceeds beyond all degrees of comparison anything of the kind which has appeared in England before. The tunes being admirably well chosen and accurately engraven, not only for the voice, but likewise for the organ or harpsichord. But this, though it is excellent in its kind, is not the thing which I want. I want the people called Methodists to sing true, the tunes which are in common use among them. At the same time, I want them to have in one volume the best hymns which we have printed, and that in a small and portable volume, and one at an easy price. It's about the size of a paperback book. Not Prairie Lady, but other. <laughs> Don't tempt me. Okay. I have been endeavoring for more than 20 years to procure such a book as this, but in vain. Masters of music were above following any direction but their own. And I was determined whoever compiled this should follow my direction. Not mending our tunes, but setting them down, neither better nor worse than they were. At length, I have prevailed. The following collection contains all the tunes which are in common use among us. They are pricked true, and I haven't yet quite found out what I think the word pricked means there, but I think it means that the notes are in the right place on the staff. They are pricked true exactly as I desire all our congregations may sing them. And here's prefixed to them a collection of those hymns which I think are the best that we have published. So just to understand that there are 132 hymn texts, John Wesley calls hymns, the text, hymns, and 102 tunes. Some of the tunes are used over and over again. Uh, I'd like to, I was going to read quite a lot more here, but I'm not going to do I'm going to talk to you a little bit about hymn number 27, which is 127, which is Love Divine, All Love's Excelling. And I would just like to um, say a few words about the verse. Let us all in thee inherit. Uh, I think that is, let us inherit all in thee. So not, not let us, us all, but let us inherit all in thee. And the second thing is in that second verse, uh, as I was telling Kay earlier, we have in the bent, our bent to sinning, sinning and in the 1761, uh, Charles's words are take away our power of sinning. And also our hymnal, I think, in verse 4 says spotless. Charles says pure and sinless let us be. Sin is a big deal. Now, a little bit about the music. Uh, in the 1761 hymn, it's a fabulous resource for anyone who likes music. Although there are some rather plain and simple tunes, and one or two tunes that are familiar to us today, like the God of Abram praise, and what we sing as Christ the Lord is risen today, but slightly more florid, most of the tunes are, are very different from what we sing. Um, uh, they're very beautiful sometimes, and a little odd sometimes. 
And more often than not, and this is what astonishes me, they're extremely florid. There are a lot of little tiny notes in, in the hymns. Uh, they aren't now and probably weren't then the easiest tunes in the world to learn. So you would have had to work at it to do it. From what I can tell from John Wesley's words, those people called Methodists did work at it. And John was there cracking the whip to make sure they did. <clears throat> now I would just like to say a word about the tune that we use for Love Divine, which we're going to do a bit later. It's called Beecher. And it's <clears throat> a perfectly fine, serviceable tune. But it doesn't sound very love-like to me. And it doesn't sound very divine either. It's more like, love divine, oh, love's excelling joy of her. Um, what struck me most about the tune that John Wesley chose in, in 1761 is that it's, um, it really is a love song, and the choir is going to sing it as lovely as they know how to do for the offertory. But it's, um, it's a, a tune that really reflects what the words, so that when you uh, hear the words humble dwelling, you have an idea that the music knows what humble dwelling is, not let us fall in humble dwelling. Okay. Um, now, the one more word about them, and then I'm going to shut up, because although it's rare to have a word. I only yesterday discovered a tune uh, that is, for me now, always going to be the definitive Love Divine tune, and that is the tune Blind Wearing, which you just heard the choir sing. It was written by a Welsh composer, William Rowlands, in 1905. Um, if you... Uh, I've, I found uh, on YouTube um, a choir of a thousand and uh, an audience of 4,000 people singing it in the Royal Albert Hall. So I, if you want to thrill for your day, I suggest you look that up. Uh, that's it. We're going to do Blind Burn, Burn one more time at the end of the service and um, Love Divine in the 1761 hymnal for the offertory. Uh, thank you. Come back. Have fun. <laughs>